It's an extended edition of the BPA this week. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Nick Shook. He's Andrew Gribble. Normally, we would recap the game in a separate BPA and then preview the coming week's game in another BPA later in the week. But this is what happens when you play on Monday night and you fly all night and you don't get home till 6 a.m. And Tuesday is just a debacle all the (laughs) way through. So what we decided was we would uh, spend a few minutes. And when I say a few minutes, it will only be a few minutes recapping what happened on Monday night. And we will, quote, turn the page, as everyone else and their brother likes to say, and move on to the Seattle Seahawks. Gentlemen, uh, it was a night Monday night. Maybe a night that uh, we want to forget. I would guarantee that the players, coaches, and front office want to forget it and move on as quickly as possible. But uh, not a good night right from the get-go. And the Browns uh, with a tough loss to the San Francisco 49ers to fall back under the 500 mark at 2-3. and three. Gribble, your thoughts on what happened on Monday night? Well, by margin of victory, it's not your worst loss of the season. But I would say it's by far the worst the team played all season. Because I think in that first game, you had a lot of penalties and some suspend, uh, uh, ejection and, and all sorts of things going wrong. But you at least had some moments that you could glean that you thought the offense and defense played well. And the problem with this game with the 49ers is there's really very little to take positively from either the offense or defense because – you didn't really move the ball much at all, uh, only in spurts. Then you had too many turnovers. And then defensively, you got ran over from the very first play. Uh, so this was, to me, the worst performance we've seen through the first five games. And it's one of those where you don't even really look for silver linings. You just throw it away and hope it never happens again. And I, I think that's the that's that's the that's really the only way you can move on from this one because uh, I just didn't see too much to glean positively from it, and I don't think the players did either. Yeah, I think you know after that loss to Tennessee in Week One, there were moments where we could say, "Well, it was a close game through basically three quarters before the wheels fell off." The wheels fell off in this game uh, immediately following the interception on the goal line that bounced off of Antonio Callaway's hands. I mean, that was the game-changing play that pretty much sealed their fate. And and otherwise, I mean, you know, even Steve Wilkes called it said it today. You know, Gribble said they got ran over, which they absolutely did. He gave up 275 yards of rushing offense. And Steve Wilkes called it embarrassing. He was the first one to call it embarrassing, and and it was. And and the only way you can really, you know, uh, benefit from a loss like that is to take, you know, some sort of lesson from it and then move forward. Yeah. I think you were down there with me today, all three coordinators talking to the media, and every single one of them came in, and it definitely appeared we're given a little slice of humble pie. Yeah. Uh, Not that they come in with any kind of ego or arrogance or, or anything along those lines. But I think every one of their uh, departments on this football team uh, underperformed on Monday night. And they're all aware of it. And as Steve Wilkes said, the correcting began yesterday on Wednesday. And in earnest, because it does not get any easier this week before the bye week with Seattle coming to town. And I think that the reason that the outcome was so jarring to maybe everybody who was around the team and, and those involved with the team as well is because through the first four games of the season, you could depend on the defense. You knew that they were going to keep you in the games. You knew that they were going to play disciplined football. They were going to contain the opponent pretty well for the most part. They didn't look anything like that in this game. And and. Wilkes was the first to admit that, you know, that was on him. He said he kind of tried to get do a little too much in the game plan and let the last few weeks kind of carry over instead of preparing specifically for that opponent. And he took responsibility for that, which was encouraging, 
but uh, you hope that they can carry over that lesson and then have a productive game on Sunday because Seattle is no lesser of an opponent than San Francisco is. I mean, they're both coming from the same difficult division, and it's going to be another test for this team. Yeah, they got a better quarterback, not as good of a running game, but still a, a running game that they at least went into the season thinking this was going to be their, their big focus. But I think Russell Wilson's been playing at a level that you really can't ignore what he's doing uh, through the air, even if they don't have the biggest name wide receivers. But yeah, this was not the best year to draw the NFC West, especially when you're still figuring things out and you're playing the, the three good teams from that division in the first six weeks of the season. Uh, but the schedule is what it is. We knew it was going to be tough to begin with. I think it's been even tougher than we uh, anticipated for this team. Uh, and it's just one of those situations where I don't know if it's as, as exactly back against the wall as you were against the Ravens week four, but this is another one where it's like you don't want to be two and four, uh, especially and with then the Patriots. To go to England. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to go into that bye week feeling uh, not great. I mean, you, you, uh, I, it's great, especially good that you didn't go into a bye week this week. You want to get back on the field and fix those things. So – uh, we you just need to see this team respond in a way that they have both week two and week four. Maybe it's a maybe this is an even numbered uh, team uh, so far through the season. You can't be that way all year. But you know, Freddie Kitchens talked about you don't don't want to be a roller coaster kind of team, but uh, you at least want to go up one more time uh, before you don't want to just keep going down here. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting today. All three coaches um, basically saying it, it it's difficult to mesh. You know, I mean, it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight in terms of, you know, all three of those coordinators coming from different backgrounds and working with a first-year head coach. They said, you know, Freddie's been great. Everybody's gotten along and everybody's on the same page as to what they need to be doing. But it it doesn't happen overnight. And then you throw in the first seven games on this schedule and it makes it even harder, I think, for everything to come together the way that maybe the fans and – even us, to a certain degree, thought it was going to come together. Yeah, I think anybody who's ever you know gone to a new place of employment with with different coworkers around them and people they have to work with will agree that you know it takes time to adjust and figure out you know how one person works and what somebody likes to do and somebody doesn't like to do and just their own disposition and and that is amplified on a football field because you're placed in this pressure cooker every Sunday or Monday or Thursday. It's a sixty minute pressure cooker where you're going to have to make all these key decisions and you hope that the players that a you've spent the entire week preparing well enough to be able to make those correct decisions and. B, that those players have put in the equivalent or even better effort in preparing themselves to execute. And right now, they just haven't been able to put it all together on a weekly basis. You know, we came off of last week where it was the Browns' best game of the season, and we were very confident looking moving forward to, hey, maybe they finally figured it out. You come back to earth a little bit, so you hope that, you know, again, that you take the mistakes that you made in this game, you learn from it, and then you build and keep moving forward, and slowly but surely that process continues to the point where you can finally establish some consistency before it's too late. The one positive I, I guess you could take away is the injury bug really didn't bite us in San Francisco. And all 53 guys are on the field practicing this week, Gribbs, including Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. Kendall Lamb, it'll be interesting to see what his timetable is, but he's back on the field and working out. So uh, a guy that might be able to help this football team at some point here in the coming weeks as well but you're all of a sudden you've got a crowded defensive backfield and you know you've got guys in Mitchell and TJ Carey who've played pretty well in the absence of Greedy and Dunzel. Yeah, Mitchell and Carey aren't the reasons you guys got ran, the got they got ran over this past week. I mean, that it was more up front yep. and, and I think that they've filled in very well and it's why when you look at that injury report the most important one to me is Rashard Higgins. I mean, you saw uh, it was it was clearly a, not the best spot for Antonio Callaway to be in coming off the suspension and 
Uh, he'll be the first to admit he didn't play well. Coaches say he, he was put in a tough spot. Uh, and you just need you need him back in that offense. You need him to, to be the stabilizer there in the middle of the field and someone that Baker trusts and can maybe get in a rhythm with. Uh, really, the offense hasn't looked good since he went out with an injury after that first half against the Titans. There's been some good moments like in the Ravens game, but overall it, it's just been inconsistent. So I, I'm focused on Rashard Hagan, hopefully getting him back uh, on the field. But then I think still, if your corners are ready to go, you put them back in there and you, you thank Kerry and Mitchell for what they've been able to do. And they're going to you know, probably be called on again at some point in the season and, and we'll still be doing various capacities. It, it would be interesting to see the one move that you make if both your corners are back. Does TJ Carey go back to the slot or do you continue there with Eric Murray, who's played really well as well? I mean, he's yeah. been kind of the not talked about guy in this whole mix, but he's done very well at a position that's kind of new to him uh, as well because he came here as a safety, but he's been playing nickel corner a lot. Turning the page to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you said it, Gribbs. It has not been a good year to play the NFC West. I, I think they're legitimately, you can make the argument, they're going to have three teams make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, as of now, that's what it looks like. Uh, but Seattle, very, very talented. In their last 50 road games, they're 32-19-1. Pete Carroll is their coach. Not a Pete Carroll guy, but Pete Carroll <laughs> has done a heck, jo- heck of a job coaching that football team. And it's amazing the transformation that that team has made from the Legion of Boom to now being a little more offensive-centric, but yet still having a good enough defense to win you some football games. It was strange because last year was their transitional year, and and I didn't anticipate them making the playoffs. I had them finishing at 7-9, and and they ended up squeaking into the playoffs. And, you know, credit goes to Pete Carroll and his staff and how they can, you know, kind of get the most out of their guys. And and now that they've been through that transitional year, it looks like they're trending back upward. I'm more interested, though, to investigate why Jason Gibbs doesn't like Pete Carroll. (laughs) That's for another time, and not in front of the camera. <laughs> I mean, it's it's through it's five weeks, but if the voting was today, Russell Wilson's probably your MVP yeah. of the season. Yeah. He's playing at an extremely high level, uh, doing it with a wide with a with a rookie wide receiver and an undersized guy in Tyler Lockett, who's become a legitimate number one for them, uh, and a tight end that no one heard of going into the season in Will Disley. So I mean that they, they he has really elevated that team. And last year, they really focused on running the ball with Chris Carson, uh, Rashad Penny, a bunch of others. They're still running the ball, but not at the level that you, you might have anticipated this year. I think that part of that is Wilson, and other parts, Chris Carson keeps fumbling the ball. So you, you play to your strengths, and this team's strength is by far Russell Wilson. Also on defense, you got gifted Jadavian Clowney before the season, uh, and that's yeah. a pretty nice piece to add to your defense, which I think is good, not great. Uh, they've had some... The last couple games, I mean, the they, they allowed a bunch of points to the Rams. They allowed a bunch of points to the Steelers, even with Mason Rudolph at, at quarterback in that game. So uh, they can be scored on. Uh, it's just a matter of slowing down the, the hottest guy in the NFL right now. Russell Wilson has not thrown an interception so far Yeah, through five games. 12-0 touchdown ratio. That's pretty impressive. And, and I thought it was interesting what Steve Wilkes had to say today in his press conference. Wilson doesn't like to run the football. Wilson will scramble in the pocket or – get out of the pocket, but not necessarily take off and run. He's just scrambling to give his wide receivers more time to get open. And I think that will be a big challenge for our linebackers and the secondary on Sunday. Yeah, Usually he's running if they're losing. I mean, that's usually yeah. when you see him run more is when they're trailing, and he's the guy that, you know, like when Odell Beckham wants to go out there and return a punt, Russell Wilson's the guy that starts running, and that's when their offense usually gets out of sync. I mean, so they, they are better when he's throwing the ball uh, effectively, uh, I just think they're they're a good team, and I I think honestly their worst game of the season might have been 
when they played the Bengals week one and had to squeak squeak by with a, a, a close victory in that one, and they didn't score very much, and the Bengals uh, popped them for some big plays. They've been a lot better ever since then, and then the the, the Saints came into their house and, and really stunned them defensively. But otherwise, they've been playing really good football, and they've beaten some good teams. Yeah, I think it really comes down to containing Russell Wilson, obviously, is number one, but number two is is forcing them to throw the football and then be prepared to defend that because they do have some unproven guys in their receiving core. You know, uh, Tyler Lockett is really an up-and-coming player. Uh, DK Metcalf's a rookie who's having a very good season so far, and Will big Disley. Big plays, though. Yeah, big he, plays. He's right. not making a lot of plays, but when he does, they're big ones. Right, which is what he did in college as well. And, and and then tight end Will Disley has really come on in his second year and seems to be a viable option as a tight end, and that's something that Seattle has used for years is, is, is uh, taking advantage of those good tight ends. But I think it comes down to can you limit them in the rushing attack? And it sounds like it's the same thing every week, but, you know, Chris Carson is still top 15 in the NFL in rushing right now. So, you know, he's averaging 76 yards per game. He's got a stat line that falls right in line with Derrick Henry. He's obviously not as big as Derrick Henry is, but the Browns did did a pretty good job against him, you know, way back in week one, except for that big screen pass. So if you can do something similar to that and then contain Wilson, who is obviously much better than than Marcus Mariota was, then maybe you'll, you'll find yourself in a game like that. It just comes down to limiting those mistakes and, and doing what they didn't do against San Francisco, which starts with setting the edge and, and really playing disciplined uh, football and maintaining your gap integrity, which is what they got completely out of last week, and they looked completely lost and on their heels for most of the game as a result. That's a look at the Seattle Seahawks as we get you ready for Brown Seahawks Sunday at First Energy Stadium, 1 o'clock kick. For more on last week's loss to the 49ers and a look ahead to Sunday's matchup against Seattle, our own Nick Shook had a chance to go one-on-one with rookie linebacker Mac Wilson. Have a listen. Mac, tough loss last week. Um, probably your first experience in playing that taking that kind of defeat, at least as a starter. Uh, what were your immediate reactions to it? Uh, I just, just thought about, you know, my last year feeling of when I played at Bama and we, and we played in that exact stadium against Clemson, and I feel like it was similar. You know, I got blown out both times. and It definitely stuck with me uh, because I wanted to go into that game and it was like, you know, this is why my college career ended last year and I, I lost bad, so I wanted to go out and win on Monday night, which didn't happen, so... It's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, I kind of like, it kind of hurt me a little bit, you know, just getting blown out like that. And, you know, we just we just came back in here on uh, Wednesday, got back to work, uh, went over the corrections, and I feel like we headed in the right direction this week. What are the some of the most, I think, teachable or correctable moments from that game? Uh, we just got to play disciplined football. You know, I don't feel like we, we play like the Browns. You know, everybody was just all over the place. Uh, I feel like we just wasn't there as a team, you know, and uh, we we, we kind of getting back to playing our type of ball this week with just, you know, making sure our execution is right and everybody just being on the same page and playing fast and just knowing what knowing what to do. Coach Wilkes said it today that you guys, you know, were slow to align sometimes and just like there was just too much going on. Um, is that something where you guys are being a little too ambitious defensively? Do you just kind of need to get back to basics? Yeah, back to basics. Uh, I feel like we was kind of just getting out of uh, getting out of what type of defense we really is. You know, we was trying to run certain things to stop stop certain things the 49ers do instead of just sticking to our brand of football. And we kind of getting back to that this week, and I feel like this week is going to be a whole different ball game. We should bounce back pretty good, and 
go out and handle business. What's the best way to approach this week's game and, and what the Seahawks do well offensively? Uh, we got to stop the run, just like the 49ers. They run the ball 25, 30 times a game. So you just got to make sure that everybody stay in their gaps, everybody play discipline football, and most of all, you know, contain Russell Wilson. Uh, he's a great quarterback. I feel like he's better on the run, throwing the ball, and we just got to make sure that we, we know where their playmakers are at all times. At this point, you started a few games now. How do you feel comfort-wise? How's the speed of the game? How's all that going with you? I feel comfortable. You know, I just got to continue to get better at the little things with just having disciplined eyes and just trusting in my teammates that they're going to be in the gap because <clears throat> that's something in college, you know, I kind of lacked. You know, that was like just trusting my teammates to be in the gap because I was just trying to make make sure that, you know, nothing creased. I was trying to make, you know, every play. So, at this level, you got to stay in your gap because you got, you know, 10 other guys around you that's professional athletes that's going to do their job. So I feel like I've been doing a lot, doing better with that, you know, throughout each week. And I'm just starting to get comfortable. It's starting to slow down more each week. Uh, and I'm just, you know, excited to just see where we go as a team. You had a tough matchup last week with a guy like George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get a tough one this week, too. Will Disley's pretty nice. Luke Wilson is a veteran. Um, what have you seen from them? What do you need to do against them? Uh, they're big guys. Uh, I don't feel like they're more of a, uh, a like, pastor like Kittle was. Kittle's kind of like a legit, like, receiver at tight end. And, you know, those guys run great routes, though. They kind of balance their game out pretty well with blocking. Uh, they can get vertical. They're physical. And, you know, we just got to make sure that we know where those guys are at all times because, you know, I feel like their offense kind of go through, you know, the tight ends. Then you got – uh, 16, Reynolds, fast guy, want to take the top off. And obviously, you know, you got to contain Russell Wilson and just, just play discipline football, make sure we stay in our gaps and just execute. You excited to get back home? Uh, yeah, yeah, excited. Uh, we, we get a chance to go out, you know, this Sunday, you know, with a chip on our shoulder, you know, wanting, wanting to come back and get this win, wanting to bounce back. And, you know, to be at home is going to be big for us. So, you know, we're going to need all the fans to be there to help support us throughout you know, that afternoon and just, just like I said, we just got to get back to playing Cleveland football, you know, like we've been doing since, you know, some of the vets been here on April 1st. You know, they established that DNA on what type of team we're going to be. And, you know, rookies came in and we kind of piggybacked off that. So we just got to continue to do what we do and just continue to just come together as a team. We appreciate Mac Wilson's time, a young man that is playing some good football and a lot more expected of him in the coming weeks as he replaces the injured Christian Kirksey. All right, guys, we've talked about how good they are. What do we need to do to get back on track here? Uh, You mentioned it, Gribble. It's been a roller coaster. You know, two weeks ago, we were the kings of the AFC North. We were going to the playoffs coming off of a win over Baltimore. Got a little slice of humble pie on Monday night against the 49ers. Maybe going as low as you can go in terms of how you played. What does this team have to do? Obviously, consistency is the big thing, but what do we need to do to get back on track for Sunday? Well, I, we have more proof that the defense can rebound. I think that's something that I think you should expect a bounce-back performance from the defense. I think they were the ones that were maybe the most humbled in, in that game in San Francisco because they've been the ones that have been consistent uh, all season and, and they didn't just didn't play to the level that they're capable of. That's a group I'm not as worried about. So it's it, uh, on, on the flip side, offensively, you just have to f- find whatever worked in Baltimore and bottle that up and it's, make it carry over for the rest of the season because that was the offense we expected this season. That was the Baker Mayfield we expected this season. 
that was the Nick Chubb we there's maybe even more Nick Chubb than we expected this season so you want to bottle all that up do what worked there and potentially I looked at you know we I watched most of that Rams Seahawks game last week if I'm looking at an offensive spark I'm not necessarily looking at Odell Beckham Jr. I'm looking at a player like a Ricky Seals Jones there was opportunities there a guy you know Gerald Everett tore up the mm-hmm. Seahawks uh, yeah. last week is this a week you can get Ricky Seals Jones more active? The guy can clearly catch the ball, can clearly get open. I think uh, should have had a catch in that for opening drive. Yeah, it was it was it was questionable. It was. I, I, I didn't think it was enough to overturn, but they they still overturned it, and that was a pretty huge play. Uh, but maybe this just find the offensive sparks, even if they are the unlikely ones that you're maybe not expecting. Don't force feed it to Odell Beckham Jr. because I think that the Seahawks did a, did a pretty good job with the wide receivers on the Rams not named Cooper Cup. I mean, they, they shut down those outside guys pretty well. Uh, so you're going to have to take what they give you, and, and it might be an unheralded guy. I know everyone wants you to force it to Odell, but uh, take what the game get, get, gives you and, and maximize your opportunities offensively because I think you're going to have to score in, in this game, uh, score a lot. I don't think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be high scoring uh, to compete with Seattle. Go ahead. What about this offensive line? You're our offensive line guy. You know, a lot has been made about these yeah. guys. They haven't necess- They haven't been, I think, as bad as everybody wants to say. But they have had their ups and downs. They've gone against some pretty good defenses, though. I mean, for my before the expert weighs in, this last game was not good for the offensive line. Uh, I, this was the first game where I was like, okay, that that was that was, was a rough game. Yeah, that was problematic. You went up against five former number ones, though. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple issues here. No, number one is you can't. Schematically, you can't leave your tight end out there against an edge rusher like Nick Bosa one on one. It's just not going to work. I mean, it's it's just not going to work. And they they credit them. They did realize the error in their ways before halftime because then they uh, on a series later in the half they trotted out a six man line for a couple plays. Justin McCray came in as as your tackle eligible, and they moved the ball and they got down in the red zone. It worked. I mean, they realized okay, we can't be doing this. No matter how good of a blocker such an you know whatever tight end we use, we think he is. These are premier pass rushers, and you need to you know recognize that. And I think they did in that game. But really, it comes down to you got to stay on schedule. You cannot find yourself in second and long. And we've talked about this since week one. But really, that's what they did well against Baltimore was they ran the ball effectively and consistently. Even if it was three or four yard gains, you're still on schedule. You're still looking at second and six, second and seven. It's manageable. Now, you know, it, when they played San Francisco, they allowed a the deficit to influence their play calling a little bit. They tried to take some shots downfield early and be aggressive and try and get back into the game. And then the the, the mistakes that they did make when they were moving the ball ultimately doomed them you know we all talk about the interception on the goal line but there was a false start in the first drive that put you at second and 15 forced you to throw the football and there were other situations throughout that game where you found yourself with long down and distance situations where you were forced to throw and Todd Munkin said it today it allowed them to tee off and then those are that's a great pass rushing team it's an excellent front four front five whatever you want to call it we talked about it all week and the, the number one thing was do not allow them to tee off and because of the deficit and the situation that they found themselves in they were teeing off all night and that's why Baker Mayfield was under such duress and and had a poor game I think it's more that than anything. And as an offensive line, sometimes that's hard to deal with because you know that they know what you're going to do. I mean, there was a situation where uh, they motioned Nick Chubb out of the backfield on a third down and basically gave away the fact that they were going to pass unless you wanted to run your quarterback. And it allows that defensive line to adjust in real time and say, hey, let's get after him now. I mean, you cannot get yourself stuck in those situations. So I think the biggest thing is staying on schedule and making sure that you can keep that element of surprise with the run in the pass. I saw a stat today in the, the ringers breakdown of the Browns offense, uh, and it's, it's more a reflection on what is happening on first down 
but there isn't a team in the NFL running the ball more on second and long than the Browns have been this season. And that's because you're not doing anything on first down. Right. So it's like you got to, you just can't keep getting yourselves in these third and long situations. Like it's just because I understand why you're running on second and long because you're trying to make a third and manageable or potentially get a chunk play with yeah. Chubb. Because uh, then you're just, you don't want to stare down third and 10. You're, you want to try at least get to third and six or third and five. But the, this team has just not been good on first downs. And it's making these. It seems like these pre the pre snap penalties are coming at the worst possible time and putting yourself in a second and twelve instead of a second and seven and and it's just the offense is not while going through some growing pains and some issues is not doing itself any favors with and really adding to its own adversity with self inflicted errors. And look, we were all kids once, right? We all wanted to come home and play with our new toy before we did our homework, right? I mean, you, you want to have fun first. You want to go play with your new toys in the passing game. You want to throw the ball to, to Odell Beckham Jr. You want to throw it to Jarvis Landry. You want to try to move the ball down the field and make the big plays because that's what you're expected to do, and you know that you have the talent to do that. But every once in a while, you got to get your homework done before you can play. Sometimes you just need to run the ball and commit because it's going to help your offensive line in the long run and keep them out of those situations where they're basically basically uh, they're facing an uphill battle because they're going to be facing all kinds of defenders who are rushing with stunts and twists and stuff that they're just not going to be able to account for when they have to block for longer than two seconds. I mean, anytime you have to block for longer than two seconds, you're putting yourself in a precarious position no matter what quarterback you have back there. And you have a second-year quarterback who's going through some struggles right now and you're not making it any easier for him when you're in those situations. All right, that being said about the offense – I think we're pretty confident the defense bounce back, bounces back. What are the keys? Gribble, we'll start with you. What's your key to get the offense going on Sunday? We'll go offense first, then defense. Well, I, this is an easy one. Uh, don't turn the ball over four times. I mean, because you're just going to that, – that's, that's going to be a nightmare scenario for you against a team like the Seahawks that can capitalize on these opportunities. And I think that's what this team did so well last year, uh, especially early in the season with turnover margin. You can't, you can't, you're not in a situation where you can go out there and turn the ball over more than your opponent and expect to win the game. With the amount of issues you're having on offense, you have to play a clean game. Uh, this is an old phrase I heard back in the SEC live to punt. You got you to get, get, get the Scottish hammer out there, even when things aren't going well, because those turnovers, you actually dodged a few bullets against the 49ers, having some of those turnovers not turn into points. But eventually, as it did at the end of that second quarter, it, it'll sure. come back to bite you and completely. Uh, create a 14-point swing that this team Changed has shown. It, it, it just hasn't been able to weather uh, a storm like that yet this season. Shook on offense. I think, you know, this is seen as a detrimental uh, description for opposing quarterbacks, but I think you need to accept and be okay with managing the game offensively, you know, playing a little bit more conservatively and helping, allowing your defense to do what it needs to do to keep you in the game and also taking your chances when they're there, but don't take them every play. I mean, you're not going to come out and try and put up 50 points on the board. You need to do enough to win, not to, to try and you know put your offense in the top five in the NFL because that's not going to happen in a week's time anyway, and there's no you, know, you don't need to come out and make a statement. What you need to do is come out and earn a victory. So whether it's ugly or not, I think you need to play within yourself, and I think they've get, gotten out of that a little bit in, in previous weeks and need to come back to that more. All right, on defense – what does this football team need to do? You need to contain. You need to be able to win the battle at the line of scrimmage, which they did not win last week. Um, Wilkes even said it today that you know sometimes they were out of alignment. They were slow to get aligned. They did not win the edge. They didn't win the battle at the line of scrimmage. They didn't set the edge. They did not uh, you know, h handle their contain of those running lanes. And we saw it with the first run with Matt Breida. I mean, was it blocked well? Yes. But were there situations where a guy or two was out of position or slow to react? Yes. Yeah. And that's what re resulted in such a long uh, 
touchdown run. And you just you can't. It's not just that play, but the many other plays where Tevin Coleman gets around the edge for a fifteen or twenty yard gain that maybe turns into a touchdown. Those kinds of things you cannot allow that to happen. Happened way too often where they would run a zone to one side or the other, and instead of three or four Browns being there to you know string it out like they had in every week prior to Monday night. There were maybe two at most there to make a play, and you worried every time you saw that ball handed off that this was about to be a big play. They need to be there, and they need to do, get the population of the football, like Steve Wilkes said today. Grubel. Same thing I said last week. you got to be better in the red zone. Uh, the 49ers uh, moved it too easily inside the 20s last week, I thought. And then you saw what happens when you get a kicker on the field a, a lot of times. There's chances he's going to miss it. So get the kicker out there as much as possible. I think you can't expect a, a performance like Robbie Gould's every week against you, but you're at least giving yourself a chance, even when you've given up a ton of yards, to get off the field with no points. And I, I just think that it's just been a little too easy to score on this defense once you get inside the 20-yard line. And I think a, a, a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson, the challenge gets even uh, higher. But I, I think it's within this defense to, to make a stop or two inside the 20. Yeah, or Robbie Gould's long snapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as we blame Robbie Gould, Robbie Gould's long snapper did not have himself no. No. a night by any stretch of the imagination. But like you said, Gribbs, uh, you gotta you gotta f- hold them to field goals, and yeah. we gotta score touchdowns. Yeah, and that was and it's that, math. Yeah, it's simple math. <laughs> yeah, like I can even do that, and I didn't care for math at all. Uh, That's I, why I, I got, got into this business yeah, exactly to stay away to from avoid math. math. So, uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, you hope Anything? that you really hope that, that that we don't see a performance like we did on Monday because that was disheartening and it was somewhat demoralizing. Yeah, I, I, I need this. I really would like this team to be three and three going into the bye week because yeah. then you've gone through the gauntlet of your schedule at five hundred, which is kind of, I think, at the beginning of the year we would have taken that. And, and honestly, even if you came out of the bye week at three and three and lost to New England and you were Correct. three and four, that's much better than looking at two and five. Yeah, I've said three and four was fine at, at that yep. straight at, at that stage uh, of the season and you know this is the nfl you can't just write off the patriots game at this point i mean you can go in they've lost there before seattle's got to play at 10 a.m their time on yeah. sunday i, mean, I think there's something to be said for yeah, that we just did we off. just did the exact same thing now they had more time to prepare obviously but we just went from east to west and we know what it did to us and we weren't playing football we so kicked off at 518 yeah yeah it's just all, there's all sorts of weird for that uh, you know, I, it's just one of those things where I think that this, I think when you play the way the Browns did on, on Monday night, it kind of spooks you a little bit because you're like, what if they just do this the rest of the season? <laughs> That's not going to yeah. happen. And, yeah. and I think that as we saw that they bounced back nicely against the Jets, even though it was it wasn't pretty, and they they certainly bounced back uh, very nicely against the Ravens uh, after a disappointing performance against the Rams. So it, this team. It, it, they don't just have to reflect on what they did in 2018. They've seen it happen this season, and I think that's encouraging. You just have to be able to go out and, and do it again and you know, play well in front of your fans. They deserve this. They deserve a home win. Uh, and, and Need one. We, do, we, it, it, we felt how good it was downtown last year during the second half season when you became a really good home team. you got to reestablish that and not just be a good road team. All right, that's going to wrap it up as we get ready for Brown Seahawks on Sunday. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. Log on to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today to the best podcast available. You can also check it out at clevelandbrowns.com. This episode and any of the previous episodes uh, and previous weeks. So we encourage you to do that. Make sure you rate us as well. Give us a rating one way or the other. We appreciate any and all feedback. This has been the best podcast available.